there is something more. I mean, there's got to be something more. I think uh, this is something that I, I believe that at, at some point in our life, at, at some moment we ask the question, there's got to be something more. There, there has to be something more than this. I mean, what, what's next? I mean, is this all there is? Maybe I can use the words from Jack Nicholson. Is this as good as it gets? I mean, these are some of the questions that people are asking. And sometimes those questions are being asked within the church, but they're oftentimes being asked outside the church. I think this is a question that probably all of us are asking in one way or the other. Is this all there is? We're going to be talking about eternity today and starting a series for the next couple months here as, as we kind of explore some different things. And, and in preparation for, uh, for our series that we're doing on eternity, um, I had a few of our staff members hit the streets. And uh, you know it's in Fargo-Moorhead because you can hear the construction in the background, okay? Um, so, uh, uh, so they went out on the street and they asked uh, uh, some of our college students in our, in our community some of those questions like, uh, what do you think happens when you die? What if, do, you, if, do you believe in heaven? And, and if so, what do, you, what do you think that's like? Do you believe in hell? And, and if so, what do, you, what do you think that's like? So we uh, recorded some of their answers, and we're so thankful um, just for the students who participated and shared from their heart, like shared what they thought. And so we're, we're thankful that they um, uh, were able to do this. So we're going to show just a little clip um, a few of their responses to this question. So the first question is, what happens when we die? <laughs> um, I believe in reincarnation. So. <laughs> Do you want to explain that a little bit? Like, what does okay. that mean? Um, well, I think that uh, you keep on reliving life until you're a good person. And then once you fulfill that, you get to go to a heaven. But I don't believe in a hell. So. Unless it's a super bad person. I believe that we go to heaven and live happily with everyone else that we have went through life with. And we have just an eternity together then. I just believe that being a good person throughout your entire life and doing good deeds um, will get you there. And also, just being mindful of what you're doing. So what is heaven like? Whatever you want it to be. It's your own personal heaven. Is hell real? You mentioned you don't believe in hell. Do you guys believe in hell and what is it like? Um, well, I kind of believe in it. It's kind of like a scary thought to me, I guess. Because that's what everyone makes it seem like. It's like you get the interpretations of it being like fire and like the devil and stuff like that. I believe most people go to heaven because they... God gives them the opportunity multiple times, and there's very little people that go to hell. I really don't know what happens when we die, and it's kind of concerning, because <laughs> I'm really scared of dying. <laughs> it's the truth. Do you believe heaven is real? And if so, yeah, what is it like? I think, like, God, I it that. can't really be to me, just because, like, it doesn't make sense. You know, like, that, like, I'm already confused about dying, so, like, Thinking of something happening after I die is, like, weird. Is hell real? And what is that like? I think there's, I just, it doesn't make sense to me. It's hard to think of something like that. 
and have it connect in my mind. That last student said that you know, he didn't know if there was, if there was something after us. Yeah, he didn't really know what happens when you die. But I'll tell you what, he said, well, I'm thinking about it. I'm, pr- I'm pretty concerned about it. His girlfriend was kind of standing off to the side and, 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 and you know, sort of said, she started laughing because like, she can attest how, how oftentimes I say I'm afraid. I'm afraid of dying because I'm not sure what's next. Uh, in this series that we're going to be talking about, we're, we're going to be wrestling through some, re- I think, really important questions. Like today, we're going to be talking about what happens when we die and, and how far off is really eternity and maybe it's closer than then we think we're going to be wrestling through questions like what is heaven like and, and what is hell like and where do, where, do we, where do we actually go when we die? Um, the Bible talks about this new heaven and this new earth. What's that all about? Um, was Jesus really serious about hell? Or is that just something that was talked about? Is, this, is it really that, that serious? And, and even a question like, does my today impact my future? Uh, so we're going to be wrestling through those kinds of questions. Today, we're going to be talking about how we think about salvation and if eternity or heaven or hell is, is something that we, maybe we just achieve based on our, our, our thoughts or our actions. And, and so for, uh, for us to kind of tackle through that, I'd I like for us to look at a specific passage in the New Testament. And uh, it's the place in the uh, entire New Testament where we find the most defined uh, definition of what eternal life is. And that comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 17. And we're going to read verses 1 through 5. So if you brought your Bibles, well, you can open up to uh, John 17, 1 through 5. We're going to specifically look at verse 3, but we also have it printed in our worship folders if you have those with you as well. But starting in verse 1, it says this. After Jesus had said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. Now this is eternal life, that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by finishing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Okay. So how do we, how do we think about salvation? Um, is salvation in our minds, and maybe the way we think about it, is it really just about heading one way or the other? Do we think it's all about our final destination, is it just, you know, we're all getting in an elevator and are you pressing up to go to the penthouse or are you pressing down to go to the basement, right? Is, is, is that kind of how we think about salvation? Um, our culture definitely uh, aims to define what uh, salvation is like and what eternity is all about, and they do it in lots of different ways. Uh, there's a hit show called The Good Place, and I don't know if you've ever watched any of it. I, Mary and I really enjoy watching that show, and in The Good Place, characters are stuck in the bad place, meaning, meaning hell, and are trying to prove their case as to why they deserve The Good Place. And Eleanor is one of the characters, and she's explaining to Chidi, one of the other characters, you know, like, hey, I, you know, I don't know, I, I mean, maybe I don't deserve the good place, but I don't deserve the bad one, right? Like, it, I deserve like a medium place, like Cincinnati, right? I mean, come on. The show makes salvation out to be all about either 
being, uh, being in the good place or the bad place, and that's all based upon how you have lived your life while on earth. I mean, did you, did, you, did you participate in enough fundraisers? Did you sell enough blue books? Did you do all the right kind of things? That one had a little home of oh, the blue book? Okay, I'm sorry. I'll move on from that. But right, I mean, did in essence, right, the, the, the show, and, and a lot of times in our culture, right, it's defined by saying, do, do your good things outweigh, outweigh your bad? We even heard in the interviews uh, with those students in the video that their thoughts about salvation, right? That it's something that happens when you die, and if you live correctly, then you get to go to heaven, or that maybe, you know what, everybody gets to go to heaven unless you're, uh, what, unless you're really, really bad, which makes me sometimes go like, so who defines good or bad? Where is that defined? Uh, and is it something that can change over time as you know, good is true here, but is it good everywhere? And, and does good change over time? And okay, I'm on a tangent. I understand. But anyway, those are the kinds of questions that I think we should be asking. And, but the big question about what we think about salvation is, is kind of asking, what is eternal life? And as we find out by what God says in Scripture, is it's actually pretty simple. Uh, we looked at that in, in verse 3. If you look at your passage printed in your, in your worship folders, in your Bibles, it simply is this. Eternal life is knowing God. Uh, I have been uh, reading a specific book as we've been thinking about this series as pastors. It's written by John Ortberg called Eternity is Now in Session. And in one part of the book, he says, the kind of knowing God that is eternal life is an interactive relationship where I experience God's presence and favor and power in my real life on this earth. It's not about knowing the right answers or affirming the right doctrines or achieving the minimum entrance requirements. You see, knowing God isn't just knowing about him, okay? That we can, um, there, there is a difference between knowledge of something or knowledge of someone and actually knowing something or knowing someone. We have a church database here, and I can look up your name, and I may be able to say where you live and when your birthday is and, and when's the last time you checked your kid in to, to, to uh, Sunday school, but that doesn't mean that I maybe know you. There's a, a film that I have really enjoyed throughout the years. I can't believe this movie's 20 years old. Can you believe that? Oh, boy. Okay. Anyway, in the film Goodwill Hunting, uh, Robin Williams plays a psychiatrist to Will Hunting, played by Matt Damon, uh, who's a patient of his. And Matt's character, Will, in the film is a genius. He basically has the ability to read anything and retain it for, for his whole life. Like, how jelly are you right now of that? Like, imagine you were able to read something and remember it forever. Oh my gosh, my life would be so much easier, right? And so he has this ability just to, to memorize facts and just have all of this knowledge. He becomes this kind of mathematical genius because he's just able to do all of these things. And there is a scene where Robin and Matt are sitting by this pond that I kind of show here. And, and Robin remarks to Will that, you know, Will can tell him all kinds of facts about things, but, but, but it doesn't mean that he actually knows them. 
He explains to him, yeah, you may be able to tell me lots of things about the Sistine Chapel and about Michelangelo who painted it, but have you ever actually experienced looking up at that ceiling and being able to experience a reverence to something beyond yourself? And maybe that, and Robin tells him, you know, maybe you've experienced and had a romantic relationship before, and, and, and maybe you even said, I love you, but, but do you really know what it's like to experience love when you're helping your wife get out of bed during the midst of her chemo treatments? So you might know a lot of, you might think you know all these things because you have knowledge of facts, but truly knowing things and truly knowing people is a lot more than this. And Robin, at one point, at the end of the conversation, says to Will, you know what, you grew up as an orphan, didn't you? Do you think I know the first thing about you or or the first thing about your life because I've read Oliver Twist? See, there are a lot of people in the world that know a lot about what the Bible says without actually knowing God at all. There are people who know the right answers but do not have a relationship with God. There's a book uh, written by J.I. Packer called Knowing God, and he says in his book, knowing God is a matter of personal being, as is all direct acquaintance with personal beings. Knowing God is more than knowing about him. It is a matter of dealing with him as he opens up to you and being dealt with by him as he takes knowledge of you. That knowing about him is a necessary precondition of trusting in him. But the width of of our knowledge about him is no gauge of the depth of our knowledge of him. If the decisive factor was notional correctness, then obviously the most learned biblical scholars would know God better than anybody else. But it's not. You can have all the right notions in your head without ever tasting in your heart the realities to which they refer. And a simple Bible reader and sermon here who is full of the Holy Spirit will develop a far deeper acquaintance with his God and Savior than a more learned scholar who is more content with just being theologically correct. See, salvation and eternity is about knowing God. And it begs us to ask the question, so how close is eternity? And often we can be kind of looking at that in two different ways. We can act like eternity is something that's so far off in the distance. It's not something that I have to think about today or contemplate now. It's something that I just have to worry about later on in my life. Or on the flip side of that, another way that you can maybe look at that is is that we can also think too highly of our time here on earth now. We can act like our time on earth is everything. There's a, a pastor named Francis Chan and And many other people have also used this analogy. Um, I think even Pastor Jeff at our East Campus used this at at one point. um, But if you took a rope and I laid it across this whole auditorium from from all the way over there and wrapped it all the way around, and I laid that out there, and, and what I could do is I could just put a small piece of tape on that rope... And mainly I didn't do this because I don't have a rope, okay? So, I, so anyway, I'm working with this. But I could put a small piece of tape on that rope and say, you know what? This is actually what your life is. It's not this, this is eternity. And we can sometimes get out of whack on how actually long our life is. 
that we can think about this. I mean, it, it's, that rope, it, it represents this ongoing life, eternity from its beginning to end, and our entire life is, is really just a small dot on that rope. That this life that we are currently living is just a blip on the radar in comparison to all time, but we, but we can act like the whole rope is about our blip. One time I was having a conversation. I was a youth pastor in Brooklyn, New York, um, uh, before I, I moved out to Minnesota, and I was, uh, I was speaking to uh, a group of, of uh, senior high school and young adults and uh, kind of presenting the gospel and just kind of giving a, just a, a regular gospel presentation, and, and at the end of it, I was like, I think actually that was pretty good. I was like, pretty good, okay? I felt pretty good about what I said and, and whatnot, and, and afterwards, I had about a, a 19, 20-year-old student come up to me and in, never had been in church and, and never understood this, and, and he comes up to me. He's like, yo, Pastor Christian. We're in Brooklyn, okay? So I'm going to Brooklyn. Yo, yo, Pastor Christian. He's like, so what you're telling me is, is, that, it, 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 is that if I believe that, that Jesus is the Son of God and, uh, and he came to this earth uh, to die for my sins, uh, and, and that I, if I believe in him and I, and I call him like Lord or King of my life, that, I, 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 that I'm saved, that I get eternal life. And I was like, I knew I nailed it, okay? And I was like, yes! And he's like, and yo, you're saying like, no matter what I've done, like not, not, no matter what kind of bad things I've done in my life, that I can be fixed, that I can be redeemed, and I was like, yes! And he's like, and no matter when, like, I accept that message, like, I get all of the riches of heaven and eternal life. And I was like, yeah. And he's like, so if I, you know, like, if it's like five minutes before I die, like, I get to get all those things? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, cool. I'll wait. And I was like, didn't nail it. See, we can overemphasize this life here in the now, thinking it represents all of eternity. But we can also devalue and look at eternity and life with Christ as something simply about a decision. See, I personally had the opposite problem with people who talk to me about faith and, and talk to me about giving my life to Christ. As I was a, a, an adolescent that, that didn't understand the hope of Jesus Christ and what living with him, then I heard people say to me, you know, Christian, if you give your life to Christ, then you get eternal life and, and you get heaven. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great, but what about my life right now? You see, what if my life right now feels like I'm presently in hell? Riddle me that. You see, when we can look at, at, at both of those explanations, we can kind of recognize that both of those explanations fall short of giving us the full picture. Eternity is about knowing God, and eternity is not something way out there later, but it's something that's actually here and now. That our life eternally with God is something that is currently available. I mean, are you living your life with, with knowing that, that Jesus is your Savior, are you spending time with him and allowing him to shape you and mold you more into the person that he's created you to be? 
Are, are, is your knowledge of the, sh- of the Savior shaping you so that you see yourself as a person who's on mission wherever he has you, whether that's to your family and to your children, whether that's to your school, whether that's to your job, whether that's to your neighbors? Are you sensing that and are you living that way in, in the way he's called you? I mean, we have to, just as John, John Ortbork's book says, right, eternity is now in session. So we, we are there. But if we think about it, we're also not there. See, as long as we're still in this world, there's a lot to wait for. I mean, are we, are we fully there yet? No. I mean, death is still a part of things in this earth. And it robs us of the, of the people we know and the, and the people we love. Children dying of starvation is still a thing. That, that our, our bodies, they, they decay and they become more fragile over time. I mean, we can look in the mirror and it, it doesn't take us very long to realize that we're not there yet. Paul wrote in, in his letter to the Roman church that creation itself is it, it's groaning. And it's groaning for the day that it will be liberated from its bondage and decay. That even the Spirit of God groans for this. That one day, one day, we will be able to taste the freedom and the glory as children of God. So in all these ways, we, we're, not, we're not fully there yet. We, we still have to live with these things. So we are not fully there yet, but, but in another way, we are in eternity. And the reason that is, is because there has actually come here. See, through all the pain and groaning that we have done as the people in this world, the world has experienced eternity coming into our temporal space through the person of Jesus Christ. See, in the midst of our death and decay of this world, the sustainer of all things comes alongside of us, that Jesus has stepped into our world and has invaded our time. That we have to rethink some of our Christian conceptions about this idea of salvation. That we have to rediscover the gospel and its power and its promises. We cannot shrink the gospel to being only about going to heaven or not when we die. Because when we do this, we not only shrink the gospel, but we shrink the God who it represents. And so instead of doing that, why don't we start Stop thinking about the gospel and knowing God as, as, as knowing enough to meet the, enemy, the, the minimum entry requirements so I get my ticket punched for heaven and, and I can slip it into my back pocket as fire insurance and instead make salvation about getting heaven into us instead of getting us into heaven. I mean, what if we, what if we stop thinking about heaven as a destination we reach? We could stop acting like, like kids in the car saying over and over again, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Dad's ready to be like, I will turn this place around, okay? What if we stopped acting like those kids in the back of the car and we, we, we instead looked at the availability of life with God under his reign and power now? Start living in that eternity See, the, the amazing thing is, that's really happened, is, is up there has come down here. 
and he's come down here as the person of Jesus. See, the incarnation of Jesus is, is that how Jesus has come down into this world, has stepped into the darkness of our world, and has given us new life, that we can live life with him. That in this world that we will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world. Is that not good news? It is. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you, um, Lord, as, as you just started this series and getting us to think about, um, Lord, some really important things. And, and Father, that I pray that this is a, a series in which we start asking the people around us eh, because we recognize this isn't something just as, as people who know you uh, struggle with, but, but people who don't know you. Lord, that there is a piece of us um, that knows that there has to be something more than this. And Father, we, just, we thank you that, that you have just illuminated a, a, us this morning to be able to start to think about that. Father, we're, we're more, more than thankful of recognizing that, that up there has come down here because of you. Father, we're thankful for that reminder here this morning or maybe that just as, as knowledge for the first time. And I pray that we, we, we don't just know things about you, but we, but we know you. Teach us your ways. Pray this in your name. Amen.